boulders reaching up from the water. Two women had begun to fish from these boulders, a tricky business since the slopes of these boulders were fairly smooth and slick with moss. One of the women was my mother's sister, my aunt, who was a few years older than my mother, which by Yanomami standards made her one of the village elders. We used worms for bait, which we collected from the creek bed. I was still fighting with the language, so most of my communication happened through pointing, through pantomime. One of the women showed me what to do, and I followed along. Since my father's time in the region, many Yanomami villages had moved more and more to the river, where they fished by hook and line, so we fished in this way as well, hand-casting from the big slippery boulders. I had only been in the jungle a couple of weeks by this point, and I was still acclimating to the region, to the routines. I had no real experience in the wilderness, I couldn't start a fire without a matchbook or a lighter, and I was deathly afraid of bugs. In fact, ever since I'd announced I wanted to return to the rainforest to find my mother, my fear of bugs was a running joke in my family. Nobody could understand how I planned to survive in the Amazon if a ladybug frightened me. And as for the patience you needed to fish, well, mine was in short supply. Wherever possible, I tried to mimic the others and fit myself in, but my unfamiliarity and my unease gave me away. Clearly, I was no outdoorsman. There was one moment, as I stood on one of the moss-slick boulders and waited for a nibble, when I noticed a small spider crawling across my ankles, and I tried my best not to shriek. I waggled my foot to shake the thing away, but the spider held fast, so I called out to one of the women closest to where I was standing. I pointed to the spider and nervously asked, Why, Daddy? Loosely translated, it meant fierce, and I hoped that if I said it over and over, lifting my voice each time as in a question, it would be like asking if the spider thingy was dangerous. Why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? It was the best I could manage, and the only response that came back was some pointing and snickering, which, of course, was the only response I deserved. When the others were through laughing at me, they returned to their tasks, and it was then that I noticed my mother was nowhere in sight. I didn't think anything of it at first. No doubt, she'd slipped away for a beat to complete another task unknown to me. The others continued to talk and fish and make themselves busy as before, so I returned my attention to the fish line in my hand and tried my best to keep my balance on that slippery rock. The continuing conversation may or may not have had anything to do with me or my mother or my apparent fear of spiders, but I couldn't help but think it might. In the few weeks I'd been living among my rainforest family, I had learned to tell when the others were talking about me. It wasn't hard since usually the talk was accompanied by snickering and pointing in my direction. For now, I seemed to be in the clear. Whatever kind of fool I had just made of myself, I was no longer the center of attention. In fact, something else had come up. A turn in the weather. All of a sudden, the skies began to darken. The trees began to rustle. The rainforest floor went from lush to ominous. This was a cause for some alarm, at least to me. The others, they were used to the flash storms that shook the jungle with such a surge of violence it would feel for a few terrible moments like the world was coming to an end. Already, I had been on the downspout end of a few of these storms, but each time I had been in the safety of the mission compound, or the Shabanon. Here, I was out in the open, separated, I now realized, from the one person in the rainforest I could turn to for protection, for reassurance. My mother my lifeline. Just then, just as the sky turned darker still and the wind kicked up a couple of notches more, I heard my mother's voice. It seemed to come from the thick of the jungle on the far side of the creek. It came through faintly at first, 
It wasn't a scream so much as a trill, but it pierced the stormy sky. Twee! It was not a word I recognized from my limited Yanomami vocabulary, but there it was. Twee! I followed the sound of my mother's voice and turned just as she appeared through a curtain-like opening along the bank of the creek. She was running, with her hands in the air like she was being chased by a bad guy, determined to show she was unarmed. Twee! Twee! I could not imagine what was going on. Chapter 2 Reunion Union My father was thinking clearly as he set off on the Orinoco, but even he could not say when he might return. There were a lot of personal, professional, academic, and financial issues he had to take care of. He needed to develop a source of income. He needed to spend some time in the United States. He needed to make his way to Munich to discuss his ongoing and increasingly tense relationship with the Max Planck Institute.